Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning. Someone said that the human mind has more than 3,000 thoughts every day. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that 95% of what goes in our mind is none of our business. I don't know about you, but I find that disturbing. (laughs) This morning we're continuing our series based on this book, Thoughts Are Things, by Ernest Holmes and Willis Kinnear. I had never noticed Willis before, but I'm going to give him credit because he might be alive. I don't know, but I wouldn't want to miss that opportunity. So we're talking about thoughts are things, literally. And last week we spoke about, I talked about the philosopher Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. We talked about welcome signs. Well, we didn't. I did most of the talking. That Ernest Holmes used a metaphor in this book about a welcome sign, imagining that each of us has a welcome sign up here. And that we're welcoming all kinds of stuff. And we might want to know what that is. Because it's out there. Because thoughts are things. Thoughts are magnets. And what we think, we attract into our experience. Last week, I also talked about the rabbits. I loved that. He used the metaphor of the rabbits. How we can pull, maybe not literally rabbits out of a hat, but how we are magicians. And we can pull all kinds of things out of our metaphorical hats. That we have the ability to do that. And what he's talking about is... Again, the idea that what we think is what we experience. It's how we create our reality. It's how we create our life. And it's important, I think, a couple of things. Well, more than a couple of things are important, but I'm only going to talk about a couple of things now. Um, one, of th- one thing that's important to remember is that we're talking, I'm talking about our environment of thought, not maybe every single teeny tiny thought that we have. I was talking earlier about observing myself, I do that a lot, observing myself on the way here this morning and trying to keep up literally with my own mind, with my own thought, because I noticed how everything, you know, I'll notice a billboard, I'll notice a bumper sticker, I'll notice something on the back of somebody's van, you know, those stick families with the little stick animals and such, and and all this thing in my mind just going zip, 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 like this, all the while driving down, driving down Lombard, which is, but I have a lot of thought, there's a lot of stuff going on in here. There's a lot of stuff going on in here. And so thankfully, I don't create my experience with every single thought that I have, because that would be just exhausting, and I don't think there's enough space in a life for all that stuff. So what we're talking about is our overall body of thought. You know, because we have themes. You know what I mean, right? We have themes of things, our, our go-tos, if you will. The other thing that's important, invaluable, imperative, to remember is that when we start the practice of observing what we're thinking, we need to do it without judgment, without punishment, without blame, whether it's blaming ourselves or others. I don't think I'm the only one 
if I believed, and for a time I did, that I would have to hold myself accountable, let's say, for every thought that I had, well, who's going to want to sit down and do that? I mean, who's going to want to sit down? And it would be like looking at a scrapbook, and half of it's yucky, and you don't want to go there, so you just don't look at it at all. You know? So part of this process is to give yourself the gift of loving yourself through whatever it is, knowing that it's just information. And if it happened back here yesterday, we can't change it. So there's no point in, 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 uh, in agonizing over it. It can be information for us going forward, but we don't need to beat ourselves up with it. We don't need to try to trace it back to what person gave us that belief and how they could possibly do that. And da da da. Maybe we'll write him a letter. Maybe we'll send him an email. You know, n none of that. You're just you're just unpacking to see what's there, and beginning to learn the practice of focusing on what goes on in your mind, what your welcome sign says, what your magnet is, because it works. Because thoughts are literally things. So we t I talked last week about the inventory without condemnation. I talked about you know verification without blame, which means um, picking something up, picking a thought up, if you will, a belief. Do I believe this or do I not? You don't have to agonize over you believed it for 25 years and now you don't. How could you have done that? And look how you wrecked your life. And maybe you wrecked your child. You know you don't have to do all that. You, you don't want to do. You don't want to do that. And another thing to remember is that every moment is a do-over. Every single second. It does not matter what happened here. And I'm not saying some stuff isn't painful um, and, and so on. I'm not saying that there's some stuff that if we had it to do over again, we would do it differently. My question is, do we have it to do over again? No, we don't. But we don't have to keep doing it over and over and over again. In order to make that determination, we have to observe what we're thinking. And then, if all of that still isn't effective, then we'll do the moonstruck thing, where when Nicolas Cage says to Cher that he loves her, she slaps him and says, snap out of it! <laughs> Might be a little severe. I have a friend who did almost that, though that for years, I don't know if she still does it or not, but she tells a story about she would, be, she would be walking along and observing a thought she was having that was not life-supporting. She would literally stop in her tracks, turn around, and say, stop that. Just to kind of interrupt, just to kind of interrupt it. You know, just to kind of interrupt it. So those are just a few strategies. So, today we're talking about thoughts are things, and we're talking specifically about the idea that one of those things is the body that we are in. We put all kinds of things in our body, right? French fries, I love French fries, that's my favorite. Um, we put food in here, we put soft drinks in here, we put uh, uh, pills in here, we put supplements in here, uh, we put all kinds of things in our bodies. And if you add all the things that we physically put in our bodies up, all of that together is not as impactful as one thought, thought over and over and over again. Do you know what I mean? It, our bodies hold stuff. Our bodies hold our thoughts. Just as we, we literally, you know, the phrase holding on to something, our body does that. 
our body does that. And we can do that to such a degree that we can literally, it's the art of, of being sick, we can make ourselves sick. We can. We can make ourselves physically ill by what we are telling ourselves all the time. Thoughts are things, and some of those thoughts can be toxic. We need to know what they are. Because here's what, most of them aren't even true. Most of them we bought a long one ago, and then we just keep running them. And left unexamined, the same old caca just keeps running. And it matters, it matters. The other thing to remember is the physical body, first of all, and this is the, this is the and thing that I like, to, I like to use, living in the end. Um, on the one hand, this physical body apparently has an expiration date. Um, and it's the spacesuit that we are given that we use in order to navigate this planet. It's what is, it's a gift that we've been given in order to be on this planet, on this plane, however you want to call it. And so what we put into it, whether it is something physical or something mental, is important. It affects the spacesuit. It affects this body. And... This body is made up of God's stuff because God's stuff is all there is. So this body is a gift that we have been given, that we have been much like the body that is the planet, that is the earth. We have not been given dominion over it. We have been given charge of it. It has been given to us for us to tend, for us to look after. And one of the ways we do that is by looking at what we put into it, physically and mentally. You know, what we are thinking of what we're holding on to. And another thing to remember, which is equally as valuable, is our body is a signpost. If we are not paying attention, our body will let us know. And at first, our body might just be going, hey... And then if we don't pay attention, it might be going, hey. And if we still don't get it, then it might go, hey. And then something's going to happen. We're going to get sick. Something's going to happen. And we can use that, not in a blame way, not in, oh, my God, how could I have letting this get to this point kind of way, but in an, ah, there's information here for me. I wonder what it is. But do you see the, you know, if, if we just do it as a matter of curiosity, because we assume we, our foundation is one of recognizing that we are made up of God's stuff, that our life matters, that we're supposed to be here, that each one of us is a unique gift, as Star said in her prayer. Each one of us has a spot that nobody else can occupy. It's our spot. So we're valuable. We're important. We're worthy. So if we put all that stuff together, the God stuff and the, and the word, you know, all that stuff, then it's worth, are we not worth the investment of looking at what we are putting into our bodies, literally and figuratively, and paying attention to that. So our body as a signpost, because then we can look at if and when we get sick or get an injury or something, and I was going to bring this up because she's so annoying. 
I know many of you have this book. For those of you who don't, I suggest you get it immediately. She has in here this, this whole section. It's called The List. And it has, it has these columns. And it will say, one column is problem. In other words, what's, what's showing up. And then it will say probable cause. And I'm here to tell you that try as I might, I have yet to be able to say that she is incorrect. It's annoying. Every single time, really, it is. She's spot on. I don't know how she does it, but. And then it suggests a new thought pattern. But the whole idea is, again, that thoughts are things. And that our body internalizes what we are thinking most of the time and then does what essentially it's being told to do. I mean, that's pretty much it. So we can use our body as a signpost to figure out what we are telling ourselves most of the time. And one question I think is valuable is to ask yourself, to start observing. What are you telling yourself most of the time? And when you look at life, what do you see? And I mean just in general, first of all, when you look at life here on this earth, just life itself, what do you see? What's your first thought? And then when you think about your own life, what do you think? You know, what do you believe about yourself, about life itself? Because our thought creates our lives, and don't we want to create a life that we want to be in, that we want to show up for? And we can do that. And I talked in the first service, because sometimes I wonder, why, why, why don't we have... 5,000 people on a Sunday here. Why don't we have 80 quizillion people that are so into this philosophy and changing their lives and changing the planet? I know that's happening, of course, but I don't see it happening here now. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why there aren't more people here. And this is the story that I've made up so far about it. It's really hard. <laughs> to watch what you're thinking all the time. You know, though, it takes a commitment, and some of us just don't want to do it. Because at first, and it gets easier, but at first, when you're not used to doing it, it's like me driving from Sandy on Lombard to get here and watching myself. It's a wonder I even managed to arrive safely. <laughs> really. My mind is going, dut, 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 dut. I'm not easily distracted by any little thing. I mean, really, it's amazing. We are currently untrained, but we're trainable. We can learn to do this. You know, we can learn to do this. But first, we have to want to do it. And in order to want to do it, first, I think we have to believe that there's something that's everything that is for us that is love. We have to believe that we are worthy of the effort. We have to believe that, that we're supposed to be here. And then we just adopt a, a, an attitude of curiosity. I wonder what this is. I wonder what's about. I wonder, why am I here? What, what am I, what's my assignment? And then you can view everything just curiously, just curiosity. You can periodically unpack and look. Do I, is this my note? Is this my note? Is this my note? Different than, oh my God. How long has this been there? And no wonder my life is a chocolate mess. I can't believe I did this. And who do I, do you see the, I mean, who's going to want to do that? 
But if you just, it's like a check-in. You just periodically just unpack and say, well, I wonder what's up, what's going on, what's running me. Do I still believe that? Do I now believe something different? You can choose. You can choose. And or periodically, once a month, you can just have a monthly snap out of it. You know, whatever works. So these are some questions that I use that I'm wondering about. Periodically, I ask myself, am I happy to be here? I ask myself that. And deliberately, when I wake up in the morning, this is a spiritual practice, when I wake up in the morning, I stretch and then I smile and I say thank you. Because I'm just happy to be here. And it's not a bed of roses all the time, God knows, and many of you know, right now for me, not a bed of roses, not fabulous all the time. And yet, I'm happy to be here. I wouldn't trade this experience for anything. All of it. Even the stuff I label as yucky. I would not trade this for anything. Because I get to be here, and because I get to love. And I love that. I love that. I love this. I would do it again. All of it. So we ask ourselves, what would we have to believe about the universe, about how things work, about the world, about ourselves? What would we have to believe in order to be willing to check this out, to check ourselves out, to invest the time and the energy in ourselves and figuring out who we are on Tuesday, which might be different than who we are on Thursday or whatever, but just being open just being open, recognizing again, we're supposed to be here. This is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. That's why God made French fries. It's supposed to be fun. I'm just saying. So, there is an art to getting sick, which I talked about briefly. There is also an art to life itself. Life is an art. I wish that I was one of those individuals that could, uh, I do in my dreams though. I, uh, I draw, I sketch in charcoal, and it's very, in my dreams I'm outstanding. <laughs> it's fabulous. <clears throat> On this earth plane, however, in this awareness, I'm hard pressed to draw a stick figure. But I wish I were one of those people that expressed like that. I wish I were one of those people like Monet who could just paint those gorgeous watercolors and everything. The thing is, I am one of those people that can color my own life and paint my own life. And so is everybody here. We all have that. Because life is an art. And it can be cultivated to live the kind of life, create the kind of life that we want to live. So I want to close with, if you're willing, and if you're not, I'm just going to be up here reading it by myself, which would be terribly sad, but I'll still do it. It is something that I fiddled with just a wee bit. I didn't think Ernest Holmes would mind. But what I wanted to do is invite you to just close your eyes, if you wish, and repeat after me, and then I will close with a prayer. 
So this is going to be your part to repeat. I know that the perfect life of God is in and through me. Every part of my being. As the sun dissolves the mist. So my acceptance of life dissolves all pain and discord. So my acceptance of life dissolves all pain and discord. It remolds and recreates my body. After the likeness of the divine pattern, which exists in the mind of God. I permit my physical body to receive the flow of spirit. In every action, every function, every cell, every organ. The spirit within me is my strength and my power. And so it is. Let us pray. And so in this moment of remembering, remembering that there is only one life and that life is God, I'm remembering that that is the truth of everything, everyone, everywhere, all the time. That all of creation is divine. All of creation is a container for all that God is all the beauty, all the power, all the creativity. And I know that means me. I know I'm a place where God shows up. And because I know this for myself, I know it for everyone in this room. Every single person here, here by divine appointment, supposed to be here, a place where God shows up. And so I speak this word for every single one of us here this morning, affirming and knowing a willingness to take the time to remember who we are, a willingness to invest in ourselves as divine beings here on this planet, knowing that we're worth the time, we're worth the effort, that we're worth everything. And I'm grateful to know that the love that is God expresses in, through, and as us completely and fully, wholly, all of the time, and that literally we are limitless beings. And in gratitude for knowing this truth, I release this word knowing that it's done. I let it be, and so it is. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.